right, join with me and sing. Before the world was made, before you spoke it to be, you were the king of kings. Yeah, you were, yeah, you were, and now you're reigning still in throne above all things. Angels and saints cry out. Join them as they sing Glory to God Glory to God Raise your voices Glory to God Forever Glory to God Glory to God Glory to God Forever Glory to God forever. 
beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. You are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. You are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. And I will sing again. You are so good to me. You heal my broken heart. You are my Father in heaven. You are so good to me. You heal my broken heart. You are my Father in heaven. You are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. You are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. You are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. I will sing again. You ride up on the clouds. You lead me to the truth. You are the spirit inside me. You ride up on the clouds. You lead me to the truth. You are the spirit inside me. You are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. You are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. You are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. I will sing again.
sin that we might become his righteousness he humbled himself and carried the cross love so amazing love so amazing Jesus Messiah
You know, I'm going to say something. I love it. I'm a musician, and I hear all kind of great music and play with all kind of great musicians. There's nothing that I love more than hearing you sing. It's just, it blesses me, and I, w- I want you to know that. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Your love, oh Lord, reaches to the heavens. Your faithfulness stretches to the sky. Your righteousness is like a mighty mountain, and your justice flows like the ocean's tide. I will lift my voice to worship you my king I will find my strength in the shadow of your to the heavens Your faithfulness stretches to the sky Your righteousness is like a mighty mountain This flows like the ocean's tide. I will lift my voice to worship you, my King. I will find my strength in the shadow of Shit. 
Sometimes I need you to reach farther than that for me. And I'm glad, God, that your justice flows. Because I'm so in need of you. Again, God, just help me today, God. Thank you for saving me from myself every day. I just bless this time, God. Just come and just come and walk amongst us this morning. And touch our soul. It's in your mighty, mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. What a talented bunch of musicians, and these guys volunteer their time every Sunday to lead us in worship. And we, we're so appreciative and so grateful to you. This is Senior Adult Sunday. Um, so I need to do a survey. How many of you here this morning, if you're 70 years of age or older, would you stand up? 70 years of age or older. If you're 80 years of age or older, would you remain standing? 80 years of age. We're down to two, two men, John and Edsel. If you're 85 years of age or older, would you remain standing? John. <laughs> That's great. I, I'm sure you've read in the newsletter there is a senior adult luncheon in your honor following the uh, 11 o'clock service. So uh, if you want to go to Sunday school and then hang out and then come back at 12 and join us in the gym, that'd be great. But we're glad you're here in the early service. I suspect a lot of our senior adults will be in the 11 o'clock service because of the lunch. This is, since it's Senior Adult Sunday, I'm thinking, what message do I have for senior adults? What do we want to talk about? What do we need to deal with? And the thing that I've noticed in my own life as I grow older, just, just over 40 now, um, is fear. Fear. I'm so much more aware now than I was 20 years ago of the dangers in the world, of the economy, of pollution, 
all these crazy things that are happening, and I'm afraid not only for my life, which I'm beginning to realize isn't going to last forever in this world, but also for my children and maybe one day grandchildren and great-grandchildren. What kind of future are we leaving to them? Two passages of Scripture, Genesis 15, 1 through 6, and then Luke 12, 32 through 34, the sermon's entitled, Fear Not. Y'all know how many times the words fear not appear in the Bible? Have y'all heard that? I think I heard it in Facing the Giants. 365 times fear not is mentioned in the Bible. One for every day of the year. So God knew there was a reason we would need to be reminded not to fear, but to trust and have faith. Genesis 15, 1 through 6 is... God encouraging Abraham, who's worried about descendants, not having any descendants. These things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Fear not, Abraham, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what wilt thou give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abraham went on saying, Behold, thou hast given me no offspring, and a slave born in my house will be my heir. Behold, the word of the Lord came to him, this this man shall not be your heir, your own son shall be your heir. He brought him outside and said, look toward the heaven and number the stars if you're able to number them. Then he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed the Lord, and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. It's a passage over in the New Testament. This is kind of Luke's version of the Sermon on the Mount. And in Luke chapter 12, verse 32, Jesus says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions, give alms, provide yourselves with purses that do not grow old with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Let's pray. (coughs) Father, we go through phases of fear no matter what age we're in. I guess if we're younger, we're a little more oblivious to the dangers around us and not quite as fearful, but the older and wiser we become, we realize the evil that lurks in the world, this right outside our door, ready to attack. We realize the the fear of finances, the downturn in the economy. We realize with the oil spill in in the Gulf, the damage we're doing to our environment that can't be fixed. And we worry about what our children and our children's children will have to live with one day. Father, if if we cycle downward in this worry spin, we will just look at ourselves and be consumed. Help us to take our eyes off of our problems and our worries and look at you and find faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
fear not is the way most of God's conversations with man have to begin. You know, I, I was thinking about this this week. I would love to have the kind of relationship with God that when I heard him talking, he wouldn't have to say fear not every time we started. But just carry on a, a conversation in prayer and opportunity to talk to him and hear him talk to me or talk to you without having to preface every conversation with the words fear not. The Greek is me phobu, and it means just to, to be afraid. Don't, you know, take those fears, those anxieties, those worries away. God knows what is upsetting you, what is troubling you, what is besetting you. And the problem is that you have let that fear replace faith. Fear will interfere with faith. I, I, was, I looked up the word interfere. I wanted to know what, you know, did interfere have any etymology with the word fear? Did they come from the same root? And the word interfere really talks about horse's feet. And whereas one foot of the horse is trying to do one thing, the other foot is knocking against it and interfering, causing an obstacle, causing a block. So instead of a horse being able to walk straight, he's, he's kind of like cross-legged and one leg is tripping up the other. And that's what happens when fear interferes with faith. It's like two legs, and the, and the longer we let fear grow, the more it's going to trip up the leg of faith and interfere. And God wants the leg of faith to be stronger and longer than the leg of fear. As I mentioned, this is Senior Adult Sunday, and, and it occurs to me as I grow older, I'm becoming more fearful. And so this is a message not only to senior adults, but to everybody who has a fear, who has a concern, who has a worry. Take Abraham, for example. Abraham was afraid to trust God. And when you realize that Abraham was the model of trust and faith in the Bible, it really is remarkable that, that he is an example of fear. But he is because Abraham's human. And, and these emotions that we have, all of us have. You aren't unique. You aren't alone. We're just trying to learn how to deal with them because God has examples of everything we're going through in the Bible. We find that instance in the Bible and find out how they dealt with it, how they coped with it, and we can learn from it. Abraham, the model of trust and faith, was also afraid. Now, this isn't the first promise that God has to Abraham. Do you remember over in chapter 12, just one or two pages earlier, God comes to Abraham and says he wants, he wants him to go out and he's going to show him the promised land. And I love this passage about Abraham because God, God tells Abraham to go without telling him where to go. You know, it's like going down to your driveway and, and you say, God, am I supposed to turn right or left? And God says, you get down to the end of the driveway and I'll tell you. Uh, Hebrews 11.8 is one of my favorite verses. It says, by faith, Abraham went out not knowing where he was to go. He just went out because God told him to. God, where do you want me to go? I'll tell you when you get there. You just start out. If you are seeking God's will in your life, let me tell you, he's not going to tell you the second step until you take the first one. He's not going to tell you the third one until you take the second one. So don't ask him what the fifth step is because you haven't been faithful in the first one yet. But when you head down that driveway, he'll tell you if you're going to turn right or left. As long as you're obedient, you're taking one step at a time. 
God tells Abraham, I'm going to take you to the promised land. And, and when Abraham gets there, God says, I want you to walk the breadth of it. I want you to walk the length of it. I want you to see from end to end what I am going to give your descendants. This is the promised land that God has given to Abraham. And then here comes the second promise. God says, I will bless you and I will make of your descendants a great nation. I'm going to make of your descendants a great nation. Well, here is Abraham, almost 90, and here is Sarah on the latter half of 70, and they still have no children. And Abraham's getting worried. I mean, every, every day this fear is coming up, and he's saying, God, the only heir I have is a servant, <laughs> Eliezer. I'm going to leave all of my possessions to a servant, and you told me that my descendants would be a great nation. Abraham is growing fearful. And so God takes Abraham outside. Now, if a big guy comes to me and wants to take me outside, I get scared. <laughs> Let's step outside. Uh, I'm happy right here. Uh, God says, Abraham, let's go outside together. And they look up into the sky, and God says, you see the stars? Can you count? No, I can't even count the number of stars in the sky. And on a clear night, there are even more. And, and there, there are probably as many tonight as there were 3,000 years ago in Abraham's night. God says, as many stars as there are in the sky, so shall the number of your descendants be. Now, that number of stars didn't change from night to night. Um, Abraham went out the night before. He went out the night after and he looked up at the sky and those stars didn't mean anything. But that one night, God takes him outside. He says, fear not. You know, I realize that you don't have any children yet. I realize that Eliezer, your servant, is going to, be your, is going to inherit everything until you have children. But let's go outside. And God gave Abraham a sign. He said, these stars will represent the number of children that shall your descendants be one day. Well, I know a little bit about what Abraham was, was feeling, what he was fearing. Susan and I were married 11 years before Catherine was born. And there were, I tell you, there were nights at 2, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, we would lie awake crying out to God, saying, why, God, when are you going to give us a child? We promised to be good parents. We promised to raise our children in the church to grow and know and love and serve you, please. And you just cry out and, and beg God and beseech him. And you grow afraid that maybe, maybe we aren't going to have any children. I know a little bit about what Abraham was afraid of. But God took him outside, and those stars from that night on became for Abraham a sign of God's promise to him that it would come to pass. Those stars will represent the number of your descendants one day, Abraham. Don't be afraid. Have faith. Trust me. Look at me. Keep your eye on me. Don't look at the problems. Don't look at your circumstances. There are always going to be problems. There are always going to be challenges. It's never going to be perfect. But trust me, everything's going to be all right. My promises to you will come to pass. Over in Luke chapter 12, fear not, little flock. You know, I, I got wondering, why did, why did Jesus call his, 
call those followers little flock. I don't remember that in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew. Little flock, it's like we're sheep. We're small sheep. You know, it's not, it's not that we're just few in number little, but we're young sheep, new disciples of Jesus. And we don't know yet how to trust. We don't know yet how to live. We don't know yet how to have faith. And Jesus says, it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. God has given you the kingdom. You realize what that means? It's the kingdom is not a, 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 it's not a castle with a wall and a moat around it and, and a, a treasure inside full of gold and silver. The kingdom of God is where his rule is exercised in our lives, in our world. Wherever God's sovereign rule is made manifest is his kingdom. So Jesus is giving us the kingdom, and he's given us the keys to the kingdom in Matthew. So we have the, the power to share that kingdom. We have the power to share God's rule in our world and in the lives of others by telling them the good news of Jesus Christ. And what Jesus is trying to say here is if you have the kingdom, you don't need anything else. So why are you afraid? He goes on to say, sell your possessions, give alms, provide yourselves with purses that do not grow old, with the treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches, no moth destroys, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I don't know what you're afraid of. And you don't know what I'm afraid of. You know, our fears are maybe different from Abraham's. You might have similar fears. But one thing God knows we all have in common is fear of, of, of our money and our possessions and how we're going to use those, how those are going, God's going to bless those to sustain us through difficult days. So Jesus puts his finger on something we all have in common. Fear not, little flock. You have the kingdom, so don't worry about possessions. Just entrust them to God. He's already given you the kingdom. You have everything you need. Don't worry. Don't be scared. Don't be afraid. It reminds me of Peter. Do you remember when he stepped out of the boat and he kept his eyes on Jesus? He was walking on the water. But what happened when he took his eyes off Jesus and looked down at his circumstances? <clears throat> he began to sink. And, and he began to sink and he cried out to Jesus and Jesus had to come over and take him by the hand and raise him up and they got back in the boat together. But as long as Peter kept his eye on Jesus, it didn't matter what was raging around him. He was walking over it. Take your eyes off Jesus and your circumstances will suck you down. And that's what happened to Peter. Fear causes us to take our eyes off of God and look at our circumstances. God wants us to trust him. He's given us the kingdom. He's given us the keys of the kingdom to share with others by telling them the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you have the kingdom, you have everything you already need. Now, is Jesus saying, go and, and you know, spend your credit card up to its max and don't worry about it and God's going to take care of it? No. He's not telling you to live an irresponsible life. He's telling you not to worry about what you don't have because he's already given you everything you need. Don't worry about what you don't have because he's already given you 
everything you need. You know, I, I guess this, this message kind of is appropriate for senior adults because as we have children and as we have grandchildren, as we have great-grandchildren, we feel to some extent, you know, some responsibility to them. You know, with Catherine, I worry about insurance, I worry about education, finances, and those kinds of things, and grandchildren and great-grandchildren one day. How are we going to help them? Do we, you know, what extent do we need to? What, what offers are we going to make to them? And then as we grow older ourselves, you know, what happens when I get sick? What happens when those doctor bills begin to pile up? I go in the hospital, I'm going to have to have surgery. My mom, as I mentioned, has had hip replacement surgery, and we have around-the-clock sitters with her. It's $16 an hour. Multiply that times 24, multiply that times 7. That's one week. It's taking its toll on finances. And if I wanted to, you know, I could sit down and, and add all that up and figure out how much it's going to cost for a year and get really upset. But I'm just going to trust God. You know, that he's going to take care of her because she's been faithful to him. And everything's going to be all right. She has the kingdom. And she already has everything she needs. It's kind of like driving on an icy highway. I remember my first winter in Louisville, 1977. I think Bill was there too. We had 17 inches of snow one night. And my roommate that year was from St. Louis, Glenn Aiken. And uh, he said, Wayne, I'm going to teach you how to drive on snow because you're from Georgia and you're going to have a wreck if you aren't careful. So we went out and in 17 inches of snow, we just slid all around. All these other cars were, you know, off on the shoulders and down in ditches and, and wrapped around trees and all that kind of thing. But, you know, what I learned is if you don't do anything sudden, if you don't go too fast and if you don't slam on your brakes, you're going to be okay. So it's just kind of like, Skiing down a slope, skiing down a ski slope. <laughs> Keeping it in between the ditches. It was fun. <laughs> That's the way it is with our life of faith. The minute you start trying to hold on too tight and start slamming on the brakes and get fearful, you're going to slide into an accident. But if you'll just relax and keep it straight and steady, you'll be okay. I had a, a guy in my last church, I loved him to death. His name was Harry. He looked kind of like, he was, he was uh, kind of tall and had gray hair that he combed back. He looked kind of like he was in the mafia. Kind of a big guy with wavy hair and everything. Uh, he and his family owned a salvage yard in Florence, South Carolina, and they were well off. But, but Harry never thought of himself as being well off. And he used to tell me, Brother Wayne, you know I'm glad I don't have much because I don't have to worry about losing it. Isn't that a great way to live? You don't have much, you don't have to worry about losing it. The more you have, the more you have to worry. God doesn't want you to worry. God doesn't want you to be fearful. He just wants you to relax and trust him. My message, I guess, to senior adults and to us all is that you don't have to live a life of fear. You don't have to Close yourself in and clutch tightly to what you have, afraid that, that things are going to be taken away from you, that it's going to disappear. Because God has given you the kingdom, and you have everything you need. 
and you're going to be okay. Fear not. Let go. Trust God. Shall we pray? God, there are things happening in our world today that cause us fear. We don't know what's going to happen in the Middle East. We don't know what's going to happen in North Korea. We don't know know what's going to happen if Iran gets a nuclear missile and fires it at Israel and Israel retaliates. We don't know what we're doing to the ozone layer or to the waters in the Gulf. We don't know what the stock market's going to do this next week. But our retirement funds sure have taken a beating (laughs) these past two years. And it would be so easy to wrap ourselves up in our worries and hunker down in fear and cling to ourselves. But you have opened up our hearts to new horizons. You have shown us that you are worth trusting. When you make a promise, you live up to it. If a promise is ever broken, it's because we've walked away, not you. Everything you promised Abraham came to pass. So we believe everything that you promised to us will do the same. Fear not, little flock, for the Father has seen fit to give you the kingdom. We don't even fully know what all that encompasses, but we know it's good because we know a little bit about you and everything we know is overwhelming. Father, help us to trust you and not fear. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're going to sing a hymn of invitation to give you the opportunity to respond. If you'd like to come forward, join our church, um, receive some counseling, profess your faith, rededicate your life, whatever desire. Now's the time to do it. We believe that it's important not only to make a decision privately in your heart between you and God, but it's got to be more than that. It's got to be something that you're not ashamed of and are willing to share publicly. I'll be here at the front to receive you. Please come. We're going to sing a song. I'll be at the front. You come as we stand and sing. Strong in my 
Yeah. 